RadioInfluence.com. Need to get your football fix on all things Army, Navy, and Air Force? This is Yards and Stripes on Radio Influence. Here's your host, Price Atkinson. A 49-yard field goal attempt for Bennett Mooring. Ball spotted between the hashes. This is a straight-on kick. The snap from Ronnie Query, the holder, Randy Beggs. Beggs calling for the football. Good snap. Ball is down. The kick is up, and it is no good. No good. He missed it to the left. Army has won the ball game. The Black Knights have defeated Navy. Wearing uniforms, honoring the Army's 10th Mountain Division. The Army football team's climb to glory reaches the summit of Service Academy supremacy. Army defeats Navy 14-13 and captures the Commander-in-Chief's trophy for the first time since 1996. You heard the call right there, Rich DeMarco, the play-by-play voice of the Army Black Knights. What a thriller it was in Philadelphia on Saturday. Welcome in to episode 18 of Yards and Stripes. I'm your host, Bryce Atkinson. Appreciate everybody tuning in with us every single week as you've done during the college football season. Service Academy football right here, Yards and Stripes, your home for Army, Navy, and Air Force. And the 118th Army-Navy game is in the books, as you heard that audio courtesy of the Army Radio Network presented by Learfield, and what a thriller we had at Lincoln Financial Field. We're going to get into all that and more coming up here in this edition of Yards and Stripes as we head for home, coming down the stretch as we have nothing but the postseason left between us and the end of the 2017 college football season. But we're going to recap that 118th Army-Navy game, Army's thrilling 14-13 win to capture their first Commander-in-Chief trophy since 1996. We're going to tell you all about how that happened and how it all transpired there in snowy Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And if you were there, it was, or watching on TV, what? It was just a game for the ages. One I personally will never, ever forget being on the field right there in Philadelphia for the March on the snow coming down. It was simply an epic afternoon in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for the 118th Army-Navy game. So we got a lot of interviews to bring you here in Episode 18, a lot of post-game interviews from the coaches, players, Athletic Director Boo Corrigan from Army. Uh, we will talk with him and get his reaction to the Black Knights win. As you'll, you'll enjoy some of the funny comments that Boo had to say afterwards. Also, we will bring you an interview with the executives from USAA, the presenting sponsor of the 118th Army-Navy game. So appreciate the guys from USAA joining us. We'll talk with them. We'll give out our game ball from the 118th Army-Navy football game. And we will also tell you what's ahead next week in our bowl preview special. All ahead coming up here in this edition of Yards and Stripes. All right, let's go ahead and get into how it went down out in Philadelphia. Navy would win the coin toss, and they would defer into the second half. So Army receives the opening kickoff, and they make quick work on their very first drive of the game as they march down the field. Looked like we might be in for a high-scoring affair, uh, but the Army Black Knights, they take the opening kickoff. They go 11 plays, 68 yards, 6 minutes, 54 seconds to take a 7-0 lead. Here's how it happened. First and goal for Army from the Navy three-yard line. Bradshaw under center, Darnell Wolfolk behind him. Kel Walker in motion, handoff Wolfolk into a pile toward the goal line. Touchdown, Army! 
Darnell Wolfolk pushing ahead the Black Knights on the board. With eight minutes and six seconds remaining in the opening quarter, Army takes a 6-0 lead over Navy. Darnell Wolfolk, as you heard from Rich DeMarco with the outstanding call right there. Wolfolk three-yard touchdown run, his 12th of the season, 21st of his career. Now he has a touchdown in eight of the nine Army games he's played in this season. So Wolfolk puts the Army Black Knights in front for the first time in the game, 7 to nothing. The midshipmen come right back and take their turn on the next drive as they drive inside the Army 20-yard line. But they're forced and, and held on a fourth and two. Uh, they're going to decide to kick the field goal. And it, in comes Bennett Mooring to try a 28-yard field goal. Ronnie Query, the snapper. Randy Beggs, the former DB, is the holder. Ball goes down. Kick is on the way, end over end. And it is good. So as you heard, Pete Medhurst right there, the play-by-play voice of the Navy midshipman. That audio courtesy of the Navy Radio Network. Bennett Mooring knocks in a 28-yard field goal as that brings the score to 7-3 to with 55 seconds left in the first quarter. Army then was forced to punt before Navy sophomore quarterback Malcolm Perry, who had one of those games for the ages, on Saturday, Malcolm Perry in his second start under center. We knew that Navy was probably going to shake things up and do something a little bit different. But Malcolm Perry, the electric playmaker under center for the Navy midshipman, the sophomore, he takes off here on the Navy's next drive. And boy, what a run it was. Malcolm fakes like he's going to throw, cuts it back against the grain. There he goes in the open field. Malcolm Perry, it's a sprint through the snow. Perry, there he goes. Malcolm Perry is going to go all the way for a Navy touchdown. 68 yards. So Malcolm Perry, you heard it right there. 68-yard touchdown run, giving Navy their first lead of the game, 10-7 with 11 and a half minutes remaining in the second quarter. The teams would then trade punts in each of their next two possessions as we were sitting at 10 to 7 that's where the teams would go into the half with Navy leading 10 to 7 in the football game Navy then comes out to start the second half and just like Army did on their first drive the midshipmen come out firing to start the third quarter and in that third quarter they march all the way down the field except they're stopped inside the Army uh, six-yard line. But it was a play in the, on that possession. Malcolm Perry, he gets free for a 46-yard touchdown run. But senior defensive lineman John Voigt doesn't give up on the play, tracks him down, trip, barely trips him up. It may have gotten to barely a piece of Perry's foot, dives, gets a piece of that foot. Perry goes down at the... Uh, Army 11-yard line, but then the Black Knights defense, they stand tall, and Navy forced to settle for a Bennett-Mooring field goal uh, with about nine minutes left in the third quarter. Ronnie Query to snap, Randy Beggs to hold. 25-yard field goal. Beggs looks at Mooring, holds the handout, gets it down, end-over-end kick on the way, and the kick is good. Second time today. Bennett Mooring kicks one between the uprights. The Black Knights then take over there with nine minutes to go in the third quarter. And boy, they just reel off a whole lot of time on the clock as they take it and get inside uh, the Navy 15-yard line. But the Black Knights, on the first play of the fourth quarter, 
they have to settle for a Blake Wilson field goal. And that was a Blake Wilson field goal from 35 yards out that was wide to the right. So Navy continues to hold a 13-7 to lead. You know, remember, Navy had to settle for that field goal instead of a touchdown on that last drive. That would prove to be big a little bit later in the football game. On the next drive, Navy goes three and out, punts it right back to the Army Black Knights. So the Black Knights take over with 12.50 in the left in the game. They put together a 7-minute, 40-second drive, 13 plays, 65 yards. What a drive, trailing 13-7, to led by their senior quarterback, Ahmad Bradshaw, who carried the football uh, nine times on the drive, 47 yards, basically half of his yards in the entire football game is he finds the end zone and gives Army a lead, their second lead of the game, and one they would not give up. Ahmad Bradshaw under center. Here's a quarterback sneak, the push from Andy Davidson. The pile, bodies being taken off the pile. What's the signal? Where did Bradshaw come down? Army signaling touchdown. Waiting, and it appears he's going to be called short as bodies are coming off the pile. Still, one official has blown the play dead. They're saying Navy it. saying the ball came out and they recovered. Now the ruling is touchdown. Touchdown Army. Ahmad Bradshaw gets in from one yard out. And the Black Knights are an extra point away from taking the lead. You heard it right there, Rich DeMarco. Ahmad Bradshaw, he goes in from one yard out. It was close, but they review it, said it indeed was a touchdown. And the senior quarterback would go on to win the most valuable player in the game as Ahmad Bradshaw has now rushed for 12 touchdowns this season, 25 in his career. Bradshaw would finish 21 carries, 95 yards in the football game, including one of one passing for 20 yards. But Navy takes over with 5-10 to go. Three, three timeouts, got to go the length of the field, down 14-13. to 13. And uh, looking for that go-ahead field goal or touchdown, the midshipmen, they come down, and it was a play on – Fourth and three after a timeout by Navy and then a subsequent timeout by Army. Navy looking at a fourth and three from the Army 37. A busted play, supposed to go to the right. Malcolm Perry, he gets 12 yards down to the Army 25-yard line. First down, clock rolls. However, on the drive, Navy commits two of their four penalties in the game. Three false start penalties for Navy in the fourth quarter alone. But in the next couple plays, Navy commits two critical false start penalties, one by Evan Martin, other by Tyler Carmona, a couple seniors. That pushes Navy back after they get down to the Army 25-yard line as the clock winds. And Navy then would end up having to settle, as you heard earlier, for a Bennett Mooring 48-yard field goal in the driving snow. Here's what happened. Good snap, ball down, kick on the way. It's going to be long enough. It is... No good. He missed, missed it left. wide left. And Army wins for the second straight year. Mooring got it there, but it was just wide left. And your heart breaks for the mids for the second year in a row. And as you heard the call earlier here in the podcast from Rich DeMarco, that was the sound of Pete Medhurst calling Bennett Mooring's 48-yard field goal. His time expired. So I was standing right there next to that goal post on the snowy field in Lincoln Financial Field. Unbelievable. The core was buzzing in one corner. The brigade was in the other corner waiting to erupt. They don't have that chance to erupt. Army storms the field as that field goal is wide to the left. 
the Black Knights survived 14 to 13. And I predicted in our uh, in our special last week, our Army Navy preview special from Radio Row. I had Army 27 to 23. That was my pick in the football game. I was very very surprised to see such a low scoring affair that Army wins 14 to 13 before 68,625 in a snow-filled Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia as Army moves to 9-3 and three, while Navy dropped to 6-6 six and six with the loss. As I mentioned, Ahmad Bradshaw, the go-ahead touchdown again for the second year in a row as now Army has beaten Navy back-to-back games for the first time since 1995 and 96. Bradshaw leading the way for the Black Knights. Navy was led by Malcolm Perry, who had an outstanding afternoon. 30 carries, 250 yards in his second start. Zach Abey, who started most of the season for the midshipmen before getting banged up with a shoulder injury and also a concussion. He only played uh, several snaps. He rushed two times for three yards, and it was really just the Malcolm Perry show that we all watched. But Regardless, it does not matter. As Ahmad Bradshaw, Darnell Wolfhook, and Kel Walker, who had a 33-yard carry on his first play of the game, or carry of the game, just an outstanding, outstanding effort by the Black Knights. As the Commander-in-Chief trophy is going back to West Point, as we mentioned, first time since 1996. Afterwards, here's what Alex Ackerman, the senior linebacker and captain for the Black Knights had to say about the victory. Alex, congratulations on the win. What does this one feel like? Oh, man, this is this is the best moment of my life, no doubt. I mean, this is a highlight of my football career, and to just do it out here with my best friends and, and my brothers for life is just this is an indescribable feeling. What does it mean as a senior to leave this kind of legacy? You bring the CIC trophy back to West Point. Yeah, I mean, we faced a lot of adversity through our years here as a senior class. Um, I mean, we've seen the whole program turn around. <clears throat> And obviously, I mean, we, we lost a lot at the beginning. And uh, just to see the whole thing shift um, in my time here is just, just really, really uh, important to me and, and, and something that I take pride in and, and the entire class does too. Talk about that final drive just coming up. You big, you stop Navy, the field goal short. What were your thoughts just as you were watching it go through the air? Yeah, I mean, I was just kind of standing there watching it. Um, and when I realized it'd be, it was going to be wide left, I just kept running down the field just – just celebration ensued and as the cadets came running onto the field. So, I mean, it was a, it was an unbelievable feeling and uh, just something we've worked for for so long. And to finally finally get it done and, and turn the tide, you know, it's just a great feeling. What's it going to be like when you bring that trophy back home to West Point and you hold it up right back on campus? Oh, it's going to be unbelievable. Just with all the cadets uh, that we were out there playing for and, and just, I mean, it's an unbelievable feeling to, to give them that too. Congratulations. Hey, thank you so much. There you heard Alex Ackerman, the senior linebacker there and you know also caught up with John Trainer after the game and he talked about uh, you know what it means to bring this commander in chief trophy back to West Point and what it means going out a winner in this game as a senior. John, congratulations. Talk about the win. You're bringing the commander in chief trophy home to West Point. What's the feeling like as a senior? Oh, it's 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 hard to describe in words, you know. Just the senior class, we we worked so hard in this team. Uh, I'm just so grateful to be on this team and uh, be able to represent uh, West Point and the Army as a whole. It's it's just an awesome feeling. Talk about the way the game transpired. You guys have been a gritty, gutty team in the second half all year. Have had comebacks. You just grinded out. Today was another one of those kind of games. Yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> Coach touched, touched upon it before the game. 
we have a lot of trust in each other, and uh, I think that's really what got it done today, just trusting and believing each other that we'll get it done. And uh, we, uh, like you said, we've been in this situation before, and uh, so we're pretty we're, we're used to it, and uh, we got the job done. What is it like to have your final Army-Navy game as a senior? You're walking out with a Commander-in-Chief trophy, something that hadn't been done in 21 years. Oh, it's, it's an amazing feeling. I still... Uh, Still can't wrap my head around it, but it's something uh, remarkable, and I hope to the other younger classes that they'll keep this thing going. It was, it's an awesome feeling. Nice way to springboard into the bowl game, too. Oh, yes, of course. Of course. Thanks, Sean. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So there was John Trainer after the game. Appreciate Alex Ackerman and John Trainer giving me a few minutes right after the football game before they went into the postgame press conferences. So just, you know, an incredible afternoon uh, there on the field is watching the Commander-in-Chief Trophy presentation, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson right there, uh, Major General, uh, Lieutenant General Robert Caslin, the Superintendent of Army West Point. Uh, you saw Boo Corrigan, the Athletic Director, and Ahmad Bradshaw, the senior quarterback, just in the snow Boy, it was it was funny watching General Caslin, the soup, just kind of polishing that thing off half jokingly before the, the official presentation. But special what went down on that field. It mentioned Boo Corrigan, the athletic director at Army West Point. Caught up with him for a few minutes on his way out the door. And boy, you talk about excitement. You can hear it in Army AD Boo Corrigan's voice right here. Boo, the thrilling excitement. Just what is the feeling like bringing the CIC trophy home? You know, it's all about the guys on the team and the coaches and the Corps cadets. I mean, they work so hard, and, you know, we got an unbelievable opportunity to be involved in something like this. And just to see, you know, how often in your life, Price, do you see pure joy, right? That's kind of what today was, and the chance to do that and be a part of that, phenomenal. Your quarterback, uh, Mod Bradshaw, incredible, just leading a, a comeback in the second half. Just talk about the grittiness he has shown all year, including today. I would be proud to have Ahmad as my son. I, re- I really would. I mean, he's just a, he's a guy that, that, that has the it factor. And what I mean by the it factor is he's a guy that you just want to follow. It's not that you look at him and, you know, he's overly handsome or he's over athletic or anything else. But whatever he does, you kind of want to follow and be a part of. How excited are you to put that uh, Commander-in-Chief trophy in that case in front of all those cadets back at West Point? I'm going to put it on the hood of my car first so everyone can see me having that. But you know what? It's going to be a great day for the entire Corps. Congratulations, Boo. Thanks. Funny stuff there from Boo Corrigan. I'd like to know if he did indeed strap that Commander-in-Chief trophy to his car, drive it back to West Point. I don't, somehow, I don't think that quite happened. But uh, that trophy goes to up on the Hudson. Boy, you know that's going to be well kept by the Corps of Cadets. Excited to have that thing back there. Afterwards, Kenny Nematolowo, the head coach of the Navy Midshipmen, he talked in the postgame press conference just simply about the mistakes late in the game that just cannot happen and also about the play of his star quarterback, a sophomore, Malcolm Perry, who will be clearly back for his junior campaign and will likely be taking over as the starter moving forward for the Midshipmen. Well, obviously, disappointing loss. You know, I mean, hard-fought game. Two teams played really hard out there, and so um, came up uh, a couple feet short. You know, what I mean, but you know, this is a great rivalry, and it was a another classic game. Unfortunately for us, you know, we were on short end of the stick, and um, you know, I just feel for our seniors and our our guys in the locker room right now. But, you know, they'll get over this. And, um, you know, the great young men, and they'll continue to persevere. 
uh, two weeks ago. I mean, we knew he was going to start. I mean, we just didn't, you know, want to tell, but he'd been practicing. But we we had known for a while that he was going to start. thought he played well. You know, I thought he did a lot of good things. Um, you know, there's a couple penalties there at the end. Hurt us, lost Phil. I mean, it killed us. I mean, just and then because the field was so slick and you got to kind of drive the ball a little bit and you're trying to get your footing. And so we, we tried our best. We had, you know, half our team out there trying to clear the snow off. Uh, but he, the kid barely missed it. Bennett, Bennett barely missed it. But, um, you know, losing that those yardage, you know, hurt us um, there at the end. But I thought Malcolm played well. You know, so close, and our kids fought hard, so you give our kids credit. You know I mean? They fought hard, too. You know, Army fought and played a tough game. You know, we had another penalty in our other drive that kind of killed us and got them in. We weren't able to sustain a drive and got them in decent field position. But, you know, they got close games like that. It's a team that doesn't make mistakes, and those penalties hurt us. Well, I'm excited. Uh, I'm really excited. You know what I mean? Just... Um, like I said, I mean, I don't know how much the kid rushed for, but that's in a that's in a sloppy field, so you know what he can do on a dry field. But uh, he's a talented kid. We got some good guys coming back, and excited about our future. That was Navy head coach Ken Niamatololo after the game, and you know, it's second time now as he is now eight and two against the Black Knights, while Jeff Munkin two and two against the Midshipmen. Uh, Navy leads the series 60-51-7 to 51 to 7 all-time against the Black Knights. But Malcolm Perry, after the game, he also talked about, you know, the mistakes and, you know, just coming up short in the game to their to their arch rival, the Black Knights. Uh, that's just – it's Navy football. We have – when we're down in the goal line, when we're close to the end zone, we got to put the ball in the end zone. Um, and we just didn't. Um, that hurt us uh, in the end, obviously. And uh, we, we really wanted to get the ball in the end zone. Uh, so two weeks ago, I, I was told I was going to be starting quarterback against Army, and um, you know, all throughout the week, <clears throat> we just we practiced, we got our game plan in, and, and it was it was obvious that I was going to have the ball in my hands a lot, um, and uh, that's what we came out and did. Um, um, my performance isn't satisfying unless we win. Um, uh, we put ourselves in a position uh, to possibly win the game, and we didn't. Uh, you know, we made too many mistakes. So there you have it right there, recapping the 118th Army-Navy game. That Army wins 14-13, to their second straight win over their arch rival, the Navy Midshipmen. Just a fantastic a game that I don't think any of us will forget anytime soon. I don't care if you were there in person or if you were watching on TV, if you were listening to the play-by-play calls of the two respective radio networks. It was an absolutely magical afternoon in Philadelphia for the 118th Army-Navy game. It shows why, just why, this game is the most special rivalry in game in certainly all of college football, but also all of college sports and pro sports, sports of any kind itself. There is just nothing like an Army-Navy game. And if you've never been, you've got to go experience it just one time in person. It's absolutely chilling when you're standing on the field or in the stands watching the Brigade of Midshipmen march on, watching the, Navy, or the Army Corps cadets come in especially watching that in the snow, the snowflakes coming down, uh, fingers freezing out there trying to get photos, video that you can check out at Yards and Stripes on Twitter, our Facebook page, Yards and Stripes, all kinds of sight sounds, video from the action. Check it out. Give us a like. Give us a follow. We really, really appreciate it. All right, now we got to give out our game ball from the 118th Army-Navy game. 
All right, it is time to give out that game ball from the Army-Navy game last Saturday from Philadelphia. And that game ball might be a little bit uh, of a surprise for a lot of our listeners. Here's our game ball. Here on third down and three for Navy from its own 43-yard line. Perry fakes the handoff and keeps it. Runs off left tackle. Into the clear. Into Army territory. Makes the move to the 35-yard line. He could be gone. Running at him from behind. Finally tripped up inside the Army 15-yard line. John Voigt ended up making the tackle. A big run by Malcolm Perry. That was 46 yards, setting up Navy a first and 10 from the Army 11-yard line. And there you heard the call by Rich DeMarco, that audio courtesy of the Army Radio Network, presented by Learfield. And that would not be to Malcolm Perry. That game ball that we're going to give out here on Yards and Stripes, that game ball is going to go to John Voigt, the senior defensive lineman on that play is Malcolm Perry. He rushed 46 yards down to the Army 11-yard line. But John Voigt, who did not give up on the play, the senior continued to pursue in the snow. Malcolm Perry, who got free, continued hustling down the field and dove and just barely got a piece of Perry's foot. He stayed on his foot for maybe one more or two more strides and then finally couldn't keep his balance, goes down. But that tackle by John Voigt on Navy's first drive, that started the third quarter. A big, big tackle that would really come back to play a big role in this game. And it was such a hustle play trying to track down Malcolm Perry, who had to cut a little bit. Voigt dives uh, and, tr- and basically gets Perry off balance. He goes down. That was a big play, as I mentioned, because Navy would go on to have to settle for a Bennett Mooring 24-yard field goal with 9-16 to go in the third quarter to make it 13-7. A 17-7 two-score difference would be a much different mountain to climb, especially with possessions at a premium for Army there. So that that play by John Voigt not to give up, I just think that game epitomized Army, especially in the second half, never quit, continuing to play to the whistle. Voigt just runs all the way down the field, fights off a block, and dives just to barely get a piece of Malcolm Perry preventing the sophomore from finding the end zone. Is Voigt in the game, he finished with just four tackles total, two solo, uh, including uh, two uh, assisted tackles. But Voigt, just a big play in that game. The captain out of Wildwood, Missouri, uh, the 6'3", 265-pound senior, making a massive play that would really prove to be the difference in this ball game for the Army Black Knights. All right, when we come back, we're going to hear from a couple members of USAA as I caught up with them on Radio Row after we had our Army-Navy preview special last week and want to give them the opportunity to talk to our listeners because they were so gracious in hosting us there on Radio Row and the presenting sponsor of the Army-Navy football game. So coming up, we'll talk with the COO and another member of their leadership team from USAA right here on Yards and Stripes. This is Radio Influence. All right, welcome back in. And we're going to shift gears here a little bit as uh, we're going to catch up with members of USAA. And this time, Eric Inquist, the Vice President, Military Affinity and Sponsorships, and Carl Liebert, Executive Vice President and CEO of the guys from USAA, the presenting title sponsor of the Army-Navy game, and certainly 
Radio Row here. Eric, Carl, great to see you guys again. Enjoyed the time last year, but it's great to be back uh, here, and thank you for all the support you guys give us. Oh, likewise. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for being back here. It's great to have you, and, um, you know, coming back, uh, we've we've got a – our Navy's got to win this game back, so uh, it's a big it's a big weekend for us. Yeah, as Carl is a Navy guy, and certainly Erica uh, got West Point covered, and you guys opposite sides of the tracks, but you come together with USAA as the title sponsor. Just talk about what this means because our yards and stripes listeners, you know, most everybody has got investment in the service academies, but especially our armed forces. Just talk about what USAA means to this game. Well, it's uh, maybe not what USAA means to the game, but certainly yeah. what the game means right. to USAA. Uh, since 2009, we've been the uh, the premier sponsor for the Army-Navy game. And really, it's uh, you know an opportunity for us to demonstrate our, our commitment and our appreciation for the military and the men and women who serve this great nation, um, and specifically those who are in the Army and the Navy, that uh, one, day, one day a year come in, together in fierce rivalry. Yeah. But 364 days are our brothers and sisters in arms. Mm-hmm. Um, and to really showcase the best of what America has to offer during the, during well the greatest said. game preeminent uh, rivalry in sports. Yeah, no doubt about it, Carl. And, you know, as the COO of USAA, you know, uh, Eric's got some bragging rights on he you does. from last year that he you does. held for quite a long time. But, you know, this, this game is America's game. And the uniqueness, the specialness, the there's just not enough words to put in just to how different and special this one is compared to all the others not just football, but sporting events of any kind. And I know the partnership with uh, the, this game and USA, it is a huge one. Yeah, and, and I think I love what how Eric said that, right? This partnership is really for us to showcase these two service academies, but more importantly, showcase the military mm-hmm. to all of America. Purposefully, we, we this game that's the, really the second Saturday in December, which means a lot of the conference championships, they're all done. And um, Americas are getting ready for the holidays, winding up their year, thankful for so many things. They can turn on America's game, right. and they can see these young men and women from each service academy, and then these men come together to compete on the field. And then at the end, uh, sing each other's alma maters uh, and put their arms around each other, knowing that they're going to go serve together. Right. And that's just, you know, tell me where in sport something like that goes on, where these there's genuine affection uh, um, for one another. And uh, in most rivalry games, that doesn't exist. And right. in this game, it exists until the final uh, second goes off the clock, and then they come together as one. And that's pretty darn special. Yeah, it is special, and it's special this this partnership USAA has with this game. It's the presenting sponsor and certainly, uh, you know, sponsoring Radio Row here. And, you know, as a USAA customer, accounts, insurance, you know, the what you guys do, what you guys offer – is something I not three months ago had a car we had a fender bender oh. and call up USAA oh. it actually happened while I was in the parking lot doing a radio show with, with a good friend of mine to come out car had been hit call up USAA on it right then within hours and then I had a quote you know the ah, next day great. had an appointment set up you guys what you guys do the services you all provide it, it, it's just it's it's unmatched uh, thank, thank you, you. Well, you're, you're not a customer you're yeah. a member yeah right so this is i want to thank you for your membership first and foremost and then the second piece of that is um we are we are founded by the military to serve the military to serve military families 
you you got your membership, I believe, through a parent. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, fa- uh, father-in-law went to West Point. That's what I, I worked at the Naval Academy. Right? So we had there's you know my wife uh, worked at Navy too. Yep. So uh, we've got some deep ties, there. which I remember yeah. from last year. So I say that to you is is your the legacy of your membership was was given and you that earned by someone who right. sacrificed for our country. Absolutely. This is incredibly important that um, while we're sponsoring this game, bringing this to America, is that we never lose sight of what's most important, and that's service to our members sure, and right. service to those who sacrifice so much. Yeah, that's a great point. And this year has been really trying for a lot of our members across the country. You know, Four hurricanes, uh, major fires in the northwest and now in the southwest. Um, and, and that's really the 32,000 employees that are committed to serving the military community and their families through USAA. Yeah. Um, you know, those trying times, the worst of times for our members are the best times for our employees to show up and really demonstrate our commitment to serving. Yeah, and you guys serve in just a multitude of ways. I mean, for our <laughs> listeners right now, especially, you know, that have this service background, you know, tell everybody about what it is, how you can become, how they can become a member of USAA, whether it's, you know, uh, insurance, you know, uh, checking, savings, uh, loans. I mean, tell everybody exactly what they can get to become a member of USAA. Perfect. Why don't I talk about what we offer, and I'll let Eric talk about how you become a member, how do you learn how to do that. So, obviously, uh, homeowners, auto, rental, insurance, that was where we really started out, the founding of of our company. Um, We've got a a great bank, one of the the top banks in uh, the United States right now, recommended um, from several uh, agencies, credit cards, mortgage lending, consumer lending from auto loans and those kind of things investments as well as life insurance and annuities and and so as we think about as a full range of financial services products all designed around serving the military military needs military families yeah yeah and uh you know if you've honorably served uh or someone in your family has honorably served uh you may be eligible and you can go to usa.com uh, check out our mobile app and uh or call uh call usaa 1-800-1-800 or 877 call USAA to determine if you're eligible. Absolutely, and, yeah. and you should call if you're eligible yes. and, 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 you're, and you can sign up. I, will, I would highly encourage. <laughs> USAA has saved me a lot of headaches, especially in the way of insurance. I mean, you guys, like you mentioned, offer an array of services, but the insurance, especially on the auto side, has yeah. been exemplary, and I can't even begin to put into words on how awesome, especially it is. I won't even bore you and our listeners uh, uh, of a situation that happened as I was trying to deal with uh, a young child, and, and the car had been hit. It was a when it, when it rains, it pours, right? And that's exactly what had happened. But you know, Carl Liebert, uh, Executive Vice President, COO, and Eric Inquist, the Vice President, Military Affinity and Sponsorship with USA. Just thank you guys so much for what you do with this game, and thank you. Uh, for having us here at Radio Row. Thank Bye. you, Brian. All right, it's that time of the podcast here where every single week we close up shop on Yards and Stripes with our weekly Faces of the Fallen segment where we take a step back to honor, remember the life of a fallen former student athlete who has given the ultimate sacrifice graduate uh, of either Army, Navy, or Air Force. And this week, we're going to remember, uh, honor, and talk just briefly about uh, an Air Force Academy graduate uh, that passed away uh, April the 27th, 2011, and that's Lieutenant Colonel Frank Deal Bryant, 
Jr. And Frank, uh, nicknamed Bruiser, uh, was an Air Force Academy graduate, as I mentioned, 1995, where he was uh, captain of the Falcons wrestling team for Coach Wayne Bauman, who said, I work with a lot of kids, but he was one of my favorites, end quote. That was Wayne Bauman, who coached uh, Frank D. O'Brien at the Air Force Academy, where he was the team captain and MVP of the Air Force Falcons wrestling team in 1995, the year he graduated. But Frank was killed April 27, 2011, in Kabul, Afghanistan, along with seven other airmen when an Afghan gunman uh, turned a gun on them, uh, frustrated uh, in an air, in the local airport there in Kabul International Airport, uh, later taking his own life. But Frank uh, Frank Bryant was a veteran, a 16-year veteran uh, in the United States Air Force, was 37 years old, uh, serving Air Force's 56 Operations Group based out of Luke Air Force Base in Arizona. And he was deployed as an air advisor to the 438th Air Expeditionary Advisor Group in Kabul at the time of his death. And he piloted F-18 over a dozen bombing missions in Baghdad during his time of service. And Frank Bryant was decorated I can't even begin to go into all the different medals and decorations he received but just to name a few bronze star purple heart defense meritorious service medal two air force commendation medals and the air force achievement medal as he was laid to rest at Arlington National Cemetery in Arlington Virginia and Frank survived uh, after his death by his wife and his son, uh, in this case his wife Janice, and his son Sean. And so uh, a gentleman, somebody that was a, a veteran of the United States Air Force who was a state champion wrestler uh, growing up uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee, later graduating from Carnes High School where he was 1991 state wrestling champion before going on to wrestle for the Falcons. That's Frank Deal Bryant Jr. As we take a step back to honor and remember the life of a fallen hero from the Air Force Academy. You're listening to Radio Influence. All right, episode 18 is in the books of Yards and Stripes. Just appreciate everybody tuning in this week as you've done all season. Appreciate everybody also tuning in uh, last week as we were live on Radio Row there in Philadelphia. Just had a fantastic time. You know, some great interviews. Appreciate everybody uh, that we were able to catch up with. All the feedback I, I got from uh, listeners and folks from both sides uh, of the aisle, so to speak, from Army and Navy last week in Philadelphia. Just really, really appreciate all the comments. Uh, the good and the bad, and certainly the feedback we get from you guys online. Uh, it's all appreciated. Make sure you write us, rate us, review us, however you want to do it, but you can do it right there on iTunes, the Apple Podcast app. Uh, give us a review. It helps other people find Yards and Stripes, and we will be back again next week, December the 20th, next Wednesday. Uh, we will. I will have another uh, preview so to speak but this one will be a bowl preview special as we will preview next week uh, the armed forces bowl as the army black knights get ready to take on san diego state on saturday december the 23rd we'll also preview the navy midshipmen's matchup against the virginia cavaliers in the military bowl that one set for thursday december the 28th so we'll have a lot more for you next week right here on yards and stripes to get ready for the postseason as navy and army get ready to tangle with San Diego State 
and the University of Virginia. But once again, Price Atkinson, appreciate everybody tuning in. Can't wait to catch up with you once again next week as we get ready for bowl season. Until then, we'll see you then. To get more info on all things Service Academy football, like Yards and Stripes on Facebook, and follow them on Twitter at Yards and Stripes. This has been Yards and Stripes on Radio Influence. Radio Influence brings you the absolute best in digital audio broadcasting. We've got something for everyone. Sports personalities like the fabulous sports babe, Rich Herrera, and former Major League Baseball manager Kevin Kennedy as they take you inside the dugout. We'll take you inside the world of MMA with the MMA Report with Jason Floyd, the MMA Insiders, and the Valor Hour with Tim Loy and Casey Oxidai. Or you could find yourself sitting ringside with wrestling ring announcer David Penzer. TV law enforcement analyst and former police officer Vincent Hill breaks down this week's biggest crime stories and takes you beyond the badge. Chef Brian Duffy from TV's Bar Rescue shares his crazy life on the road with Duffified Live. And Scott Ledger will always make you think with some dangerous conversation. All of Radio Influence's shows can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com. 